Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. G&D welcoming you back on the fan. Caller number 10, as promised, 800-636-1067. Congrats. You're winning two tickets to an evening with Steve Trevino. Friday, July 12th, theater at MGM National Harbor. Tickets are on sale Friday, February 9th at 10 a.m. That is two days away. For tickets and more event information, go to thefandc.com slash events, courtesy of Live Nation. you get got a chance to win tickets to Steve Trevino at MGM all week long, exclusively right here on Grant and Danny. It's time for our Beltway Blitz, Caps, NFL, Commanders. Let's go. Start off on the ice. It was ugly last night. i got to be honest. Bailey Johnson, Washington Post, joins us, covers the Capitals. Bailey, last night might have been the game that broke me as far as my Big picture hopes for this operation this year. I felt like they needed that, and not only did they not win, they didn't play well. You're exactly right. They really needed that game coming out of the break to get themselves trying to get a little momentum going after losing four straight heading into the break. And it was an ugly start. Charlie Lindgren gets pulled only 13 minutes in, and Spencer Carberry said it was more of a momentum-changing goalie pull than anything to do with Charlie's own performance. He got hung out to dry on all three goals, and it was a really flat start. And, yeah, they pushed back more in the second and third, but – only got two goals out of it, and Montreal at that point had started to really sit back and wasn't necessarily still pushing to extend their lead. So as the Caps head into what's going to be an absolutely brutal week with games against Florida, Boston, uh, Vancouver, and Colorado in the next week, all of whom are currently the top four teams in the league, they really needed that one and got themselves off to a very tough start. And Bailey, it looked like we're on a rocket ship to, to some selling here. What might that look like at the trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, I think that's valid that they're probably headed that direction. It's a tricky situation. Uh, my colleague Barry Saluga wrote about this today about balancing Ovechkin's, at this point, relatively plotting Chase for Gretzky with the realities of the roster and the pieces they have that have value around the league. Guys like Nick Dowd, potentially even Charlie Lindgren, Joel Edmondson are the names that kind of are at the top of the list. I've seen Anthony Mantha's name come up. Really anybody who has a year or no time left on their contract has produced this year or someone like Nick Dowd, a valuable bottom six center those are the kind of guys that you tend to see move around at this time of year can you go deeper into though the dichotomy of even if they want to sell and trade having Ovechkin the commitment they've made to him and just how complicated that is yeah I mean it's really complicated um I Barry knows more about it than I do but just from talking to him and reading what he's written it's a really key situation because they want to have a competitive roster that can help Ovi get where he wants to get, but they also have to look at their future and they're kind of getting to sort of an inflection point of what makes them most competitive in the future is probably selling pieces now. And 
whether they're able to get picks back or get young players like they did with Rasmus Sandin last year potentially makes those discussions a little bit different with Ovechkin. But it's a hard thing to tell to your captain and your player who's been so important to this franchise for so long that and that what's looking like the twilight of his career, the team is heading the wrong direction. He did score last night, though. Any chance we got a, a, a potential hot streak coming? And maybe. He scored uh, before the break as well. So that's two goals in two games. So they were like 10 days apart. So possible. He certainly looked rejuvenated last night. Breaks tend to help him with that. And he went away to Dubai and rode camels and hung out with Wayne Rooney and Who seemed doesn't? to have himself a nice time. So we'll see. It could easily get him on a hot streak. You know, goal scorers are often streaky and he's no exception to that. And he hasn't had one of his patented Ovechkin hot streaks this year. So it would be a good time for the Caps if he was able to do that right now. Sounds just like one of Danny's vacations. I'm always doing that. Bailey, thank you. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bailey. All right, let's keep it moving. Talk some football. Super Bowl 58 is nigh. Benjamin Brown joins us now to discuss the game. Hey, Benjamin, in, in some places, the line has now moved from two and a half to two. Uh, what is that? Is that just Mahomes? People, Nobody wants to bet against Patrick Mahomes at this point? Yeah, I, I actually think so. I think, you know, we, we were kind of at like one and a half, two. It seems like in some ways gets some more, you know, expectation behind the 49ers. And in some ways this move kind of feels like buyback. I think a big part of it, obviously, you know, it definitely has to be Patrick Mahomes. But in some ways when you dig into you know, some of the, uh, you know, critical matchup type pieces, it does seem like in a lot of those spots it, it is an advantageous situation for the Chiefs. So I would expect that line to move back down to two, maybe even one and a half, and it'll be interesting to kind of see, you know, the directionally where we end up come kickoff time. Benjamin, here's my thesis. San Francisco deserves credit for being in the Super Bowl. That's no small achievement, and I'm not taking away from them. But they haven't really played that well. They haven't been what San Francisco right. was most of the year. It seems like for a month now they probably should have lost both of the games that they to their, again, to their credit, came back and won, but they weren't the better team against Green Bay. They certainly weren't for most of the game against Detroit. I don't know. That's kind of why I'm leaning Kansas City here. Yeah, and we've kind of seen this stretch, obviously, you know, losing three games during the regular season. Like, they did definitely figure it out after a pretty brutal stretch of the regular season. But to me, I, I, I'm with you. Like, one or two bounces goes in a different direction in either one of those games, and the 49ers are very much on the outside looking in. And, and it hasn't been, like, any sort of overcoming-type performance either. It has kind of been, you know, especially towards the end of the game in that Detroit spot where the Detroit just couldn't make one more play to really put that team away. So in some ways, it wasn't even that, you know, the 49ers overcame so much from an early game perspective. It was the fact that Detroit kind of let that one slip away. And I think that does, you know, leave a little bit of a lingering taste in people's mouths and very much should be the reason why, you know, we could see the Chiefs, I would say, definitely emerge victorious coming up here on Sunday. Ben, Joe Tooney? Lack of health, missing him on the O-line. How big of a deal for Kansas City is that? Yeah, definitely. I think to me, you, you know, a lot of it is going to be from, from from a rushing standpoint as opposed to just, you know, a, a pass-type situation. I think we have seen Patrick Holmes so good from a pressure-to-sack rate type thing where they are going to be, I would say, okay uh, when they are throwing the football. But if they can't, you know, I, I would say run up the middle, which has kind of been their bread and butter, they're going to have to figure out how to get to the edge and actually set the edge in a lot of situations. Thankfully, that has been where the 49ers have been most susceptible. But unfortunately, it's not really a focal point for the, you know, the Chiefs offense and where they've kind of been successful at the start of the season. So I think that is kind of one of these overarching questions is if the Joe Tooney loss is pretty drastic from you know, a, a run-blocking perspective, can they get to the outside? And if they can't do that, it really is going to come down to just how brilliant they need Patrick Mahomes to be in order to win this game. 
Benjamin, thank you as always, buddy. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. Talk soon, my friend. Hit that. Oh, you already hit it. I like it. I didn't even have to ask for it. I didn't even have to say the dumb word that I hate. Our buddy Nick Ackridge, PFF, joins us to talk about the Local 53. What kind of offense, Nick, should we expect with Cliff Kingsbury at the helm? Yeah, I mean, if, it, if it's anything like his Arizona days, which uh, I would assume it would be, it's, you know, a lot of four wide receiver sets. And, you know, it's an air raid style offense. Um, and, yeah, just a lot of four wide receivers and, and airing the ball out with some unique um, run schemes, gap scheme um, type of stuff. And, um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty new when it came to the NFL. You, you see it a lot more in college nowadays, but um, we'll, we'll see what kind of adjustments he makes based off of what he did with, with Arizona. The numbers were never great for him with the Cardinals. Why do you think that was offensively? Yeah, it, it was weird. Um, you know, he never had the greatest offensive line when he was there, and, and that obviously plays a huge part in it. And Kyler Murray was, you know, is a top quarterback. So it, it's tough to kind of put that together as to why it, it didn't really work too well there, um, which gives you a little bit of pause as to, you know, um, his possible success here in Washington. But, uh, again, you, you – just kind of hear about his work ethic and all that sort of stuff is what everyone's been pushing recently. You just kind of hope that, you know, there's the, the right adjustments that have been made over these past couple of years. And he's kind of self scouted his own scheme and, and figured out why that sort of stuff happened and, and, and adjust and go from there. Why will this time be different ultimately? I, I mean, I guess what I the thing that I'm in love with right now, Nick is, is plays that all look the same at the, for the first two steps of the quarterback until something totally different happens, right? It's like a route tree, but for plays. I want play action. I want different designs that make the defense flat-footed. I don't know that, that we're getting that. Y- your thoughts? Yeah, no, it, it, it's interesting. The kind of new age of offense now is kind of reverted back to that under-center heavy play action stuff, and you know, the NFL is very cyclical. It kind of keeps doing this sort of stuff. We went from that heavy play action under center stuff to back to shotgun air raid style to back to under center. So, um, you know, under center play action obviously helps young quarterbacks a lot. Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, talk about that recently of how helpful that is for quarterbacks. And, you know, he doesn't really do it under center as much, but he does do it in pistol, which is it's somewhat similar um, and it it can help out a quarterback a little bit. But again, it just kind of goes back to, you know, if he's adjusted. And a lot of times when these guys get a second chance, um, and if they're successful with that second chance, it's because they've adjusted and they know how they failed. They know why they failed, and they work on it and, you know, produce hopefully different results. Wide receiver position. Do you expect them to make that a major priority, and should they? I don't know if it's going to be a major priority. Um, I think you do need to show up, like, you know, wide receiver three and four and whatnot. I don't, I don't really expect Curtis Samuel to be back. Um, but I don't think you need to go big in the wide receiver market. Um, you know, obviously Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson there. And I, I expect Jahan Dotson to have a, you know, a, a bounce back year. There were some, you know, weird circumstances with him. The drops were a little bit of an issue, but uh, he was kind of consistently getting open. So that's that's the main part for me. So, you know, I, I think they do need to sure up that wide receiver three, four, um, because, again, like I said, you're going to be using a lot of four wide receiver sets. Yeah, Nick, I wanted to ask you about, about Dotson. Do you see a, 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 either a larger role, more prominently featured, a, a, a bounce back? And what is he ultimately? I mean, to me, the, the appeal of him was that he's not just a slot guy, not just an outside guy. He's that kind of versatile thing that you can move around. We just seemed to, lost, to lose all that uh, in, in his second year. Really disappointing. Yeah, it, it was weird. He had some, like I said, the, the drops were a, a bit concerning, but you know, when you watch him, he was consistently getting open. And like you said, not only in the slot, but out wide as well. And for whatever reason, him and Sam Howell just could not get on the same page. And 
Um, again, you just kind of hope that that changes this next year and you just kind of bank on the fact that he's getting open. That is the most important part. So um, you just kind of go from there and, you know, you can, you can move him around in this offense. I know, I know Cliff is not, he wasn't huge on, you know, kind of moving his receivers around and kind of kept them in, you know, um, the same spots really on the field. But um, yeah, I mean, you just kind of want to see Dotson sort of bounce back, especially with the drops. I think that's kind of the, the biggest thing. Nick, good info. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate you. Yeah, you guys have a good one. You as well. That is our Beltway Blitz on Grant and Danny. We started with the Caps. I got to say, last night, it's only one loss, but it didn't feel like it. It was deflating, wasn't it? Coming out of the break, first game without Evgeny Kuznetsov in this now new stretch. Everyone else is rested off the break. You're getting a Montreal team. It's not like they've been terrible, but they're a little worse than the Caps on the year, and they haven't been playing well. And to see them get waxed the way that they did with the schedule that looms ahead, it's going to take them going on an incredible run against the toughest part of their schedule now, Danny, to probably have a shot at the playoffs coming down the stretch. Yeah, they are not in a good way right now. I mean, just look at the salary cap hits, right? Look at, look at look you know, the, the guys that cost the most. Kuznetsov not with the team. Darcy Kemper's now their second goaltender. Alex Ovechkin has 10 goals. His deposits from the bank is Hall of Famer. He's a legend. But talking about this year, Nicholas Baxter, even though it's not a, a, a hit for them, is, you know, borderline retired. You start to go down that list and you're going, well, yeah, I get it. Guys that they're paying a lot of money to that they were counting on either aren't producing, aren't available, uh, are injured, whatever, man. It's uh, it, it's tough uh, to sort of watch them here on a nightly basis. I mean, to me, the Ovechkin story was going to help carry the day if they struggled. And that's not happening right now. It is, uh, even though he has scored in two straight games, so I, I am hoping the business picks up for him and we get to at least, you know, 23, 24, maybe 25 goals this year to be within spitting distance over a couple seasons, and this just looks like a down year uh, as, as he rebounds as he has before. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's ugly, man. I referenced Ben Standig's poll on social media yesterday. Uh, he posted a, a Twitter poll, and he asked, which organizational brain trust are you buying most right now? Wizards lacking a head coach, of course, he referenced. But, and then he says Caps, Commanders, Nats, Wizards. Now, two things to note. One, he's a Commanders beat reporter. And even though he covers some of the other teams over the years, right now the vast majority of the people following him are Commanders fans. So I think that's probably going to skew the results some. The other thing is, though, everyone's in on Adam Peters, even though uh, as of a couple months ago, a lot of people didn't know that much about Adam Peters. But they love the idea of him, the fact that he's a hot shot young GM. Everyone thinks he's going to be a good evaluator. 80% 80% of people that responded said commanders, about 6% said caps, 5% wizards, 8% nats. Just throwing that out there, but it, it is a, a nice launching point yep. for me to pose the same question to you. I mean, just going through it, I think Brian McClellan's outstanding. Uh, I think he has maybe the highest batting average in town other than Mike Rizzo over the years. Not coincidentally, those are the two best teams over the years. Yeah, weird, huh? But the Capitals can't really do what they want. Yep. In a vacuum, exactly. right? Because as we talked about with Bailey, the Ovi thing looms over the team, and they can't just hit reboot. They've promised them they're not going to. The Nats with Rizzo, same, same kind of thing. There's baggage here. Rizzo's awesome in terms of making trades. His batting average is one of the best in the last 30 years in baseball. Uh, they have not been good at drafting. And when they've signed free agents, they've done a pretty nice job. But they're not spending any money. Like He's being handcuffed right now. The Wizards, still very new. Winger and company are basically by design fielding a bad team at this point. So we haven't really seen them have to make some critical decisions. Although I'm going to give them the early win on Bilal Koulibaly. 
it seems like maybe yep. that was a hit. Nice they need piece. to draft well. That's a good start. So it's a weird time right now to try to evaluate the front offices in town. It's it's a bizarre time, to your point, right? I mean, you think about uh, the the most buzz, the most energy is for Wash is for the uh, local fifty three, which I totally understand because Peters comes from the great pedigree. Uh, it's brand new. He hasn't had a chance to mess up yet. I'm not saying he will. I, I'm a believer. I'm excited. Uh, that's to me is their biggest off season addition. A just the fact that they're filling the post shouldn't shouldn't get glossed over. They actually have one of these bona fide general managers. The thing that I've coveted for for decades since uh, since Dan blew out Charlie Casterly. But for the Caps, they're hamstrung by the Ovechkin situation. Rizzo, who to me would be my number one seed, but he's hamstrung maybe even more so by a, a murky ownership group, right? Where we're not sure if the learners are going to be invested, if money's ever going to get spent, if they'll ever get a check from Masson and the Orioles. Who knows which way's up on that front if a new owner comes in. That's, there's so much murkiness there that they are standing pat for, with a team that could be improved by 15, 20 wins if they went out and spent you know, um, smartly here this offseason, or had had done that. It's almost pretty much over. Pitchers and catchers are like a week, a week away, basically. But so it might be either the Wizards or, or the uh, the local 53 now. There's an immense amount of intrigue about what the commanders will do at the top of the draft board with the number two overall pick. Danny Cannell, college football expert, going to stop by here at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk to him about that number two pick, Jaden Daniels at LSU, Drake May at North Carolina, and Caleb Williams of USC on Grant and Danny on the fan. Grant and Danny on the fan. Another Danny is going to join us in just a moment. Danny Cannell, Sirius XM College Sports Radio, and of course, college football expert and analyst, former great quarterback at Florida State. We'll talk to him about the top college QB prospects. Now, Danny, we were on the stage at the big event on Friday night. Yes, of course. Our listeners came out to, and we went down the line at one point. I think there was a, a listener question as to who we would draft at number two overall as of this moment. And we got a long ways to go until the draft. There's obviously the possibility Washington trades up to one for Caleb Williams. Just as much a possibility they trade back, I suppose, out of the number two spot, take a quarterback later. If they stay put, it's probably Drake May of North Carolina or Jaden Daniels of LSU. Now, I was a little surprised. You were on Team Jaden Daniels in the early going here. Is that definitive for you? You, no. you like him a lot more? Is that just your gut feel at the moment? That's like the last video I saw. I mean, it's to that point <laughs> okay. where it, 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 I'm going to vacillate back and forth. There's so much intrigue with both guys. Like, the latest breakdown I saw from somebody really smart, and I'd like to give credit, I can't remember exactly who it was, went through some of Drake May's, call them accuracy issues to a degree, right, where you know, the ball placement, where the, it was behind somebody, they could have had yards that's with the catch if he'd thrown it better. It was late or his feet were flat. I don't know if that's one of those, he's not accurate, or someone goes, no, no, I'll fix that. I'll point his big toe in the right direction, and now he's going to dot the eye for 68% completion percentage. I don't know what I don't know, obviously. I'm concerned about some of the, the smaller performances in big games uh, from May. I know the, the the cast wasn't quite as good, but Daniels is just so damn intriguing. Like, this, that high ceiling skill set has me, has me schwitzing. Danny, we are joined yes. by your uh, your name brethren now. Better-looking counterpart, you can say it. On site. <laughs> Always appreciate you hopping on with us in D.C., Danny. Yeah. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes. Uh, we've been talking about the college prospects now the last couple of weeks. For the commanders at number two overall, yeah. they want to go quarterback. And it feels like you trade up for Caleb Williams at number one, yep. give up a boatload. 
You stay put, Mayor Daniels. So before we even break those three guys down with you, do you agree that that's the the list? Those are the options at two, or do you think there could be more quarterback no, options there? I I think it's two. I, I kind of caught the tail end of you guys talking about Jaden Daniels, who I like, but I am a big Drake May fan. Mm. Like if it was me and I had two, and Caleb Williams has gone off the board, I'm going Drake May all day long. I went and threw in the tape of his. This was his first year starting two years ago against App State. It was like a 63 to 62 shootout, and it was only his second start. And all of a sudden, I'm watching this quarterback go through his progressions, the ease with which he's operating in the pocket. He has a great pocket awareness, where pressure comes from. He's more mobile than you think, and I was blown away with it. And then all of a sudden, he just continued to get better and better for the Tar Heels throughout. Then I got to talk to him. That's one thing that I do. I haven't got to talk to Caleb Williams. I haven't got to talk to Jaden Daniels. I have talked to Drake May. He's so easily likable that it's like all of a sudden you want to root for him. So I have to try to separate that. But I do think the game backs up the opinion as well, even if you've never talked to him. He's incredible. Comes from a really competitive family where he's got a brother who won a national championship in Carolina in the basketball field. He's got another brother that won a national championship in baseball at Florida. He's got another brother that's a walk-on currently at North Carolina as a basketball player. So incredibly athletic family. His dad played quarterback at Carolina. He's got really good pedigree. All of them do, though. But I am partial to Drake May at number two if Caleb Williams is off the board. Don't you guys think – don't you guys think – here's my take on should they go up to one. If they like Caleb Williams as much as everybody else does – Les Snead had a, a colorful way of talking about draft picks, right? There was and, a bleep you know, in there. Yeah, there were a couple those bleeps, picks. Yeah. Bleep those picks. I am of the same mindset where I do think draft picks are overrated. Do whatever you have to do to move up one spot to get the quarterback if you hmm. like him as much as everybody else does and you think he's the future. Take him and you deal with that later. So two things for me, and uh, Danny, you can jump in on this if you want to, but number one, He's got to be so much better than those other guys. The package they're talking about right now in terms of value right. would be their two second-round picks, 34 and 40, and then a first next year. Yep. So you're giving, you're, you're switching one and two, yep. and then it's 34, 40, and a one next year. To me, if Caleb Williams is way better than Drake May or Jaden Daniels, fine. Mm-hmm. But if he's not, it's, it doesn't justify it for me. They need so much. Their line isn't good. Their defense was one of the worst in the league. They have holes everywhere. Mm-hmm. If Adam Peters is who we think he is, their new GM from San Fran, right. that's three good players. Yeah. Now, it might be two stars and a, and a starter, right. but it should be three starters. So is Caleb Williams better than Drake May, a tackle, a tight end, and a receiver? Is he better than you know Jaden Daniels, a tackle, a linebacker, and an edge? I'm not, I'm not a trade-up guy. The history but says it barely ever works out. But I think you're also on the assumption that those draft picks are going to work. And that Understood. goes back to the FM picks or sure. the, you know, that they're overrated. Even if the, they don't, though, like – What's, like, let's look at the history. If you're the Bills and you're a playoff team with Tyron, Chiefs playoff team with Alex Smith, yeah. you can trade up, and it doesn't matter. You're pretty good anyway. Right. When you're terrible and you're picking second because you're terrible, yeah. or you're picking top five, like the trade-ups have worked what percent of the time? Like 15? Right. That scares me. Right. It, it would. And see, here's the thing. I I would be comfortable going to and taking Drake May. is because I do think Caleb Williams has some flaws. He's going to be pitched. A lot of people, there's going to be some takes, right? Everybody has to stand out as far as your takes on the draft and guys coming out. And he's going to be pegged as, you know, he's Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson combined into one. Or, you know, he's the next Patrick Mahomes because his game resembles it with his style of play and his throwing motion and the way he kind of plays with, you know, in and out of the system that's there. But I don't think he's the perfect prospect. First of all, there's no such thing. It doesn't exist because no matter who it is, Whether even Trevor Lawrence, who was pegged to be the next Andrew Luck, the next John Elway, uh, you know, he's 
he's been debatable whether it's banned out yet. He's been really good, but he hasn't elevated Jacksonville to a place that had never been before. So I, I think even when you go there, even last year is a good example. Bryce Young you know, looked like the great prospect. C.J. Stroud, like, you know, played, you know, ran circles around him this past season. So much, of it's ha- so much of it has to do with environment as well. So to that point, there is so many needs on this team. I do think those draft picks would come in handy, but I think it's all in what they view Caleb Williams. Is it that generational? Are you sold on him being the generational talent that feels as close to a sure thing as you can get? Then you trade up and you go make the move. If not, I'd feel more than comfortable staying with Jake May. That's one of our favorites, Danny Cannell, with us here on Grant and Danny. Why weren't May's numbers better? Danny, that's, that's something I'm a little bit worried about, especially some of those big games. Think of the Clemson game. I know you don't want to boil it down to one small sample, but overall, I'd, I'd, if, he, if he put up those ridiculous video game numbers with the offsides turned off, you know, uh, Swinger yeah. style, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd feel so much better about it. It's a little splinter in my mind. Talk me through it. So last year to start off the season, I thought he played great. I mean, they, they were 9-1. and one. They got up in the top 10. There was even some playoff talk, and then they collapsed towards the end of the season. A lot of that had to do with schedule. There is a talent disparity across college football where mm-hmm. you really have to be careful because you, know, you mentioned the Clemson game. Clemson has five stars all over the place, four and five stars. Carolina has a couple, but they're nowhere close to the talent level. So you're kind of playing with the deck stacked against you when you're Drake May and you're playing with the collective of talent that you have. And he's got some good players around him. This past season was, you know, there was another drop off because he lost Josh Downs, lost a couple of his favorite targets, and then he had to kind of start from scratch again. I, I don't get too caught up in the stats. I go back and watch the film, and you see sort of the deficiency up front with the offensive line, mm-hmm. and it's, oh, okay, he's kind of running for his life, which he might be doing with Washington or whatever team that drafts him early in his career, but he's not going to kill you. He's not going to make those big mistakes, and I think he'll be able to, once you're playing a little bit more on a level ta- uh, playing field, I think that's when he'll truly start to excel. few people we love talking college ball with more than Danny Cannell on this show Jaden Daniels, mm-hmm. I don't want to say you're low on him, but you're yeah. lower than Drake. A lot of people have them equal or some above Drake. Yep. Go into that. So he's, Grant, he's an extremely talented quarterback who I do think has a tremendous amount of upside. Uh, electric as a runner. I don't think he's quite as electric as Lamar Jackson, and I do think that is a big part of his game. So if you're going to have to rely on that, build a system where you incorporate his running capability more so than you would a Drake May or a Caleb Williams or a more of a traditional quarterback. There is no such thing as a traditional quarterback, though. Everybody runs now. Um, I worry about durability. He is slight. He is not that big. Lamar Jackson's big. Like, he can handle getting hit, and even he has been injured throughout his career, but he's bigger than Jaden Daniels is. So I'm a little bit worried about the size. And then I'm also a little bit worried about the talent that he was throwing with. Like, he had the advantage of Malik Neighbors on the outside. And their other receiver who's escaping my name right now is probably going to be – probably a, Yeah, John's going to be a second-round mm-hmm. pick. So he's got elite talent around him where he's really been there. And then you mentioned with Drake May, like, the numbers there. Like, there were a couple opportunities for Jaden Daniels to get wins, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And he was knocked out of the Alabama game, which he was spectacular in. But I don't know if that style of tr- uh, play will translate to the next level the way that could be to some of these other guys. Now, if he gets into a system where they build around it and he stays healthy, then it's watch out. I could look like a fool, and he could be the best of all three of these quarterbacks that we're talking about. But historically, I think the chances of that happening and staying healthy are much lower. I think there's more risk uh, with Jaden Daniels. Do you have Caleb Williams no. well ahead of Drake? No, May? I don't. I'm How not far? one of those. In fact, during the season, I and now – 
this was after Caleb Williams had faced Notre Dame and threw three picks. And I okay. said, I think people, and it was also when his camp, and I use air quotes because I don't know if it's his dad or somebody else, was saying. It, does any of that worry you? There's a lot of stuff with him. That's what I'm, there is a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of ancillary stuff that goes on. But we, and, and we it, don't even know. The kid might be a victim. He might have exactly. nothing to do with it. Everything I've heard about him, his teammates love him. Like, that's all that should matter. But if there's baggage coming with him where he's trying to manipulate where he's going in the draft, but there's nothing wrong about that. But during the season, it was during like five, six games in the season, we're hearing stuff that he's going to try to, you know, maybe potentially come back for an NIL year because he doesn't want to go number one to Chicago. Whatever the cases were that he put out there, I'm like, why are you even talking about that now? He did shoot it down, but it was somebody was coming out of there. Um, you know, some of the stuff is corny. I'm a little bit old school, like the fingernails and the FU to Notre Dame and then Utah who shoved it right back in his face when they beat him there. Also, the lack of championships, you know, like the lack of really – you know, big wins for Caleb Williams, I think, is a little bit concerning. But the talent, when you do throw it on the tape, I think he is – he is – his skill set is pretty remarkable when he's there. So you, yeah. if you had the first pick, you would take him? I would because I think there's a chance you could look really foolish if you passed on him. I don't, but mm. I would love to be the commanders at two yeah. and just be like, nope, we're not doing it. You go ahead and take him. We'll take Drake May and we'll be just happy. The Houston position, no, basically. So, like, yeah. I don't – but, yeah, it's because I – you got to have – Really big ones to pass on Caleb Williams. Yeah. And I don't have that. We talk about it on the show, <laughs> Danny. Like I, was, yes. I wish I did, yeah. but I would want – here's the thing. I think and I GMs, do not. GMs think safe. They, they, they don't want to They don't want yeah. to pass no. on a guy, even though they might really like Jaden Daniels or Drake May. Yeah. They're like, man, but everyone talks so great about him. Look how good he is. And his touchdown interception ratio is awesome, and he makes all these plays. And you can't go that much against the grain. It's like consensus, and it takes stones – to go against the consensus. Is there a guy outside that sort of group of three? And, there, and there's some yep. separation there, Danny. Yep. But somebody that could creep up that is going to go a lot higher than we think, whether it's Penix, McCarthy, Bo Nix, somebody like that. None of those. I like Michael Pratt. He played at the Tulane. Tulane? Yeah. yeah. He is – I like his skill set. He's big. He's physical. He can run. And he – you're talking about elevating programs. His first year starting at, at Tulane, they were 1-11. It was like a team transition. They were really struggling, battled through it. And then you saw one of the best turnarounds in college football when they flipped the script, went 11-1. and won. And then guess who they played in their bowl game? USC and Caleb Williams. And they beat them. And then this past season, he did get injured a little bit. Nothing significant. He missed his one big opportunity against Ole Miss where they played the backup. And he didn't get to play because I think that was a game that really could have turned a lot of heads. But he's really a raw talent that has been playing at a program where you're playing against some of the big boys and you're going toe-to-toe with them. And he elevated the program to a place much like you need in a franchise like Washington. You're going to need somebody who elevates and makes everyone around him better. That's what Michael Pratt did with Tulane when he was there. And I think he could be one of the steals of the draft. I've been fired up to talk to you just to get some breakdowns on these quarterbacks because we've GM, head coach, next up, quarterback. I mean, this is the whole offseason, yeah. the whole ball game for Washington. they got to get to it spend, right. Money to spend, right? Yes. Money to spend. That's huge, too. Danny Cannell on Grant and Danny. What's Stunt? Stunt is an app. You need to go check it out. If you love sports, you love talking sports, love debating sports, getting into heated arguments about sports, Stunt is the place to go. I don't know about you guys how your social media experience is, but mine quickly devolves into some argument about politics where your feed <laughs> is crowded. Like, And then there's some weird videos of some like kids you know, pranking somebody. I'm like, how do we get here when I just got to be on social media to get news updates and get takes and become informed? Stunt is the place to go 
show for people that love sports and just want sports to debate it. If you want to create your own radio station, you can create your own podcast. You can give your takes out there. You can go toe to toe. You can create a following on your own. And I don't know about you guys. If you guys are trivia junkies, twice a week they have sports trivia, 12 questions, much like the game that went viral. HQ, if you remember that one, which everyone, that was, you know, pop culture type trivia. This one is sports trivia. You go in there. If you answer them all 12 correct, you can enter a pot for 500 bucks. If no one hits the pot, it goes and it doubles the next time. It's a ton of fun. It's very user-friendly. It's awesome. If you're a sports fan, it's a must-have on your phone. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate you stopping through and good insight on the college appreciate prospects. It, it's great Hopefully, talking with you guys. Yeah. What happened to Danny? How did he get stuck at home? You know, he Is that hates, a sore subject? He hates fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> there you go. Our no, com- he's our- happy back home. I like well, it. Well, listen, our company's the opposite of expensive. What is that? <laughs> yes. Hey, I've worked for all of them. Trust me. I know exactly what you're talking about. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> appreciate we appreciate it. you. G&D on the fan at the top of the hour. Michael Lombardi, the former NFL GM, stopping by. We'll get his thoughts on the Dan Quinn hire right here on the fan. The 5 o'clock hour is going to be nuts today, coming up in about 10 minutes right at the top. We'll have Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, always very opinionated. I like strong takes. I do not know how he feels about the Dan Quinn hire. He did work with Adam Peters in New England, I believe. So we'll talk to him coming up right at the top of the hour. Brian Jones is going to join us, Dan Orlovsky as well, all here on G&D on the fan. How about Danny Cannell? And what he just had to say about yeah. the quarterbacks at the top of the board. Heavily in favor of Washington going Drake May 2 over Jaden Daniels 3. He likes May an awful lot. And, and the concerns that I mean, you heard, I, I even asked him the question, right? I want to find out about some of those wrinkles. Some of the, the, the I don't want to say coming up small, but didn't play well against some of the better competition that they had over the last couple of seasons. Overall, his numbers weren't dominant. I'm going, it's much easier for me to feel comfortable and good uh, about a guy that not only shows the elite traits that May does, because he has them. That's obvious. Whether it's body type, arm strength, throwing at different angles, moving around really well. He mentioned the athleticism that not only he has, but runs in his family. I just, I wish they were a little bit, I wish his numbers were a little bit more video gamey, right? It would just be easier for me to, to kind of quantify it in my simple man brain. But that's what he was it's talking funny. about. Basically, his he, you know, numbers don't really bother. I, like they're not bad, Grant. I don't mean to say they're bad. We're talking. We're picking yeah. nits here with a, with a guy that deserves to go top three, right? So I'm, if we're deciding between two, now I'm trying to trip my scales. But go ahead, please. I, well, I just I don't want to say I don't care at all about college numbers because that's not true. Because part of my infatuation with Jaden Daniels is how electric they are. Like I'm always going to cite those numbers. They're outrageous. He had a Joe Burrow-ish kind of season, right? That was part of my initial intrigue with Burrow, and I ended up falling in love with him in a way that I've never had any prospect ever at LSU with the season that he had. So it's not like numbers don't matter. Um, I guess if you're talking about the fact that the trend wasn't up, it was down, that's more alarming to me. Like Drake May's first 10 passes over four, you know, playing in a couple games in garbage time in his first year, I'll wipe away. But his first year as a starter, he completed – the same exact percent as the next year. He didn't grow. Yards per attempt, same kind of deal. 
Uh, if you look at, like, touchdown interception, they came down a little bit. I just think so much of that, you're, you're on a not very good team, yep. a bad conference. There's not a lot of talent around him. He had a couple of NFL early to mid-round players on that offense. Whereas Jaden Daniels, and you heard this talked about mm-hmm. with Cannell, and, and I'm not arguing against Jaden Daniels. I think either one would make sense. It's a, it's a pick-your-poison, you know, it, it, or, or rather like a pick-your-style. You've got a sports car, and you've got like a utility vehicle. Both are awesome. But what I like about this is you're not comparing two guys that are similar, in my opinion, Danny. Do you want an electric running dual threat quarterback who would win from the pocket ideally or do you want a more traditional prototype massive big bodied qb who's going to win but from his mark between the tackles after three five and seven step drops who can also move what i like more is the traditional passer who's an athlete see herbert see lawrence you know those that prototype I'm not saying those guys have delivered exactly the way that we all want. No, but in, the, in that school and that that phylum, whatever, yeah. Like that is the the store that I'm shopping in. That's the aisle I go down. I run into the the quarterback store. Come get yours. My favorite aisle is: Are you a big-bodied prototype, strong-armed, athletic passer who happens to scramble? That's where I want to shop more so than the mm-hmm. I'm leaving a clean pocket. I'm turning pressures into sacks. Dual threat. And I don't want to take away from Daniels as a passer. He was unbelievable. He also statistically threw more passes to wide open receivers down the field than anybody in the country this year. A thing. And again, it's a similar knock with Michael Penix, right? You're throwing to top 15 NFL draft picks sometimes. And that can be great for your numbers and good for you know a lot of highlight plays. But people can maybe knock it against you in terms of making guys better or you know, are you going to be able to do it at the next level when the talent is more even. I totally get it. I mean, again... I think if you throw a dart, you'll end up with a, with a pretty good prospect, right? If, if you flip a coin between May and Daniels, as you said, it's either the beholder type stuff. The thing I value the most is games are won on fourth and 12s all the time. I need the guy that can do something special. You know what I mean? Where it should be a negative and turns into a positive. I need the back-breaking things because maybe it's because how many times it's been done to me. It's not to say that May can't do that. So, again, I'll, I'll probably vacillate back and forth uh, depending on the latest article I've read leading all the way up to draft night uh, in April. Right now, this moment, I lean Drake May, and I would say if I'm on the clock at number two, that's my pick. Uh, if they take Daniels, I'm not going to be upset. I, I do wonder how the Kingsbury decision and his presence affects this. Mm-hmm. He's worked with every type of quarterback, but coming off the Kyler Murray experience, he worked with a dual threat. Now everyone says he automatically is going to want to just jump back into that water and swim around. Maybe he didn't like it. You know, maybe he's looked forward to more of an, a structured, on-schedule passer. He was with Caleb Williams at USC, assuming you don't trade up and get Caleb Williams, where last year very much of USC's offense was not what you designed all week, but rather what Caleb Williams did after things broke down, right. you know, after the snap. Maybe he's looking for something a little bit more traditional. We really don't know. Michael Lombardi joins us next. We could talk quarterback prospects with him. We'll also talk about the search that led to Adam Peters and Dan Quinn You're listening to Grant and Danny. I'm at Radio Row, Mandalay Bay in Vegas. Danny's in D.C. This is The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 